mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Don't Blame Me, the best podcast ever, tied with. But am I wrong? But am I wrong? And you might think you're a little biased. Yes, we are. Did you think we were going to get up here and say, call her daddy? (laughs) (laughs) I chose violence. Someone messaged me and told me that their villain origin story was finding out that the girl from Call Her Daddy bought a house in L.A. in two days. And she goes, and I've been watching you try and buy a house. And like, I just I'm angry. I'm like, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Me too. One day. But maybe. Maybe. Or we'll move to Atlanta. Just talking about that with my other set of friends. So what's the game? So the, are they, whole, are the whole. Yeah, everybody's down. So maybe down? We, just, okay. we just all move <laughs> and we. Everyone works in the industry. We just start our own thing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's Here's cheaper to shoot in Atlanta, too. We can essentially just, like, transfer all of our friends who work in our industry. Mm-hmm. Like, even if we can't, if they don't want to leave, we can make, we can make the, their, exa- we can replace them. Mm-hmm. We can, it is, it'll work. It'll you work. You know? 
the, our hair will look great. I will have to sell my Dyson Airwrap. <laughs> we can all buy houses on the same street. We could probably yeah. build our own houses, like from oh yeah, nothing. Just buy yeah, the people land. People keep suggesting that I do that in Los Angeles. And <laughs> where? I, like, so where? you're gonna buy a house for one point eight million dollars, knock mm-hmm. that house down, and mm-hmm. then build your house. Mm-hmm. And then it'll be in a neighborhood where the house isn't supposed to be. Okay, mm-hmm. got it. Right? Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Or I could just move to Santa Clarita. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's only 20 minutes away, right? It's only 20 minutes away. I will never be over it. Here's the thing, everybody. I love your suggestions. Cal- Southern California natives who are suggesting like places. I am from California. I've also lived in Southern California um, se- for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. Literally 10 years. I've so, been here 10 years too. Wow. So it's lots. Isn't that oh. crazy? That like we've all like, but we didn't all cross paths at that time. Right. We were all here. These were babies. But there is not, you're not going to introduce me to a place near LA that I've never heard of before. Like, and when you tell me I should move to Whittier, that's not Los Angeles. <laughs> when you tell me I should move to Chino Hills, that's not Los Angeles. When you tell me I should move to, again, Santa Clarita, not Los Angeles. Did you hear that song that went viral? The Riverside song? No, it's about Atlanta. That's not Atlanta. And it was hot for like two days, but she was like naming all these places that are part of like the Atlanta metro area. And she's like, that's not Atlanta. That's not Atlanta. And and they were saying they need to make an L.A. version of it. That's like so wholeheartedly how I feel. And like, I just need people to know that you're not going to let me know of a place that I've never heard of before that like is like nearby where we need to live. Boulder statement. If you live in Whittier, you cannot tell people who live in Los Angeles that you also live in Los Angeles. No, you don't. Because you don't. Like you can tell your cousins from Ohio that you live in L.A. You can't tell people from California that you live in L.A. Mm-hmm. You can tell people from Fresno that you live in L.A. I'll, t- I'll, I'll settle for that. But it's the same thing that I felt like growing up when I would like meet kids at camp from like, oh, I'm from Daly City. But then I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm from San Francisco. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, really? Like, yeah, I'm from I'm from right outside of San Francisco. And they're like, oh, and they start getting nervous. And then they let me know they're from like Daly City or like Mountain View. Means, and I'm like, but no, Mountain View is even closer. But like just very much like, no. So I appreciate it. And we will know we will not be moving to Orange County. I'm not moving. <laughs> you can you imagine? I cannot imagine you in Orange Murder. County. You would fight like every would, day. <laughs> every day you would fight. You would be in a fight with someone. Here's the thing. We need to con- we need to contain my fighting to the Internet. Do you think I will get I will physically fight people? And the every thing day. is, because you would blend in so well with. I'd be the greatest fighter. They would be. They would be confiding in you, and then you would uh-huh. immediately fight. Yeah, long. I could play the long con. Here's the thing: I would need to develop some patience, though. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I I wouldn't want that for you. No, I. First of all, it's too late. Like I'm too old to develop a trait such as patience. And like, no, no, no. But like, j- no, just a, no. Here's. I've already said this before. I'm already taking. <laughs> I'm already downgrading for a lot of things from Marin to Los Angeles. And then there are better things about Los Angeles than Marin. But like, you're not going to catch me going anywhere. Like, you're not going to catch me going to a suburb, a non-liberal red suburb of a, like a coastal California. Also, OC is so far away. It's, like, I don't think people realize how far the OC is from L.A. 
like here's the thing like disneyland is far disneyland is far away from us and still when i'm like a friend in town we can go to disneyland once Mm -hmm. imagine commuting to disneyland i mean i've you know wanted a sonic drink and i've driven there Truly, you literally have to like essentially cross states to yes. get to a Sonic here. No, but like, and I think that people think because like I work from home for like a large majority of like the pandemic, but like out of the pandemic, I literally have to drive all across town in LA every single, pl- like I'm in the car for hours and I'm not leaving a 20 mile radius. Like you're fucked if you go out past that. But I think LA is also a unique city in the sense that like there isn't necessarily a city center. So like, you can go to like like downtown. I guess is technically the city center, but like I think mid city is technically. Oh, the- <laughs> that is true. Yes, mid city would be the city yes. center, but like it takes you an hour to go from like Santa Monica to Hollywood, mm-hmm. and like that's still a like an hour commute, and that's L.A. It's technically not L.A. though. Santa Monica is its own city, but it gets lumped in because it's part of L.A. County. Santa yeah. Monica is not L.A. <laughs> no, when people tell me like, oh, just this place is 20, min- 20 minutes outside of L.A., I go, no, no, that place is 20 minutes outside of the farthest point mm-hmm. of L.A. that I've never even been to that I don't even consider L.A. They're like, move here. It's only 30 minutes from Van Nuys and I'm like I've never been to Van Nuys until this year I had an production office in Van Nuys once and that was I it took me a hour and a half to get there also where like the headquarters for Penguin Random House on the west coast that's LA it's the furthest northwest point of technically LA an hour and 45 minutes when I went there no. So people just don't understand the commute aspect that like wherever you move, it's going to be a minimum 20 minute commute. But like that's like within L.A. So like it's going to take minutes. It's like to me from me to you. And we're only one point three miles away from each other, yeah. I think. So the notion that people are like just move a couple miles outside of L.A. No, no. I will never see Mott's <laughs> like ever. <laughs> like I will literally he will be up in the morning. When he used to work across town, like in still LA town, like he literally, like, it was so, he would have to leave before, he would have to leave at like 6 a.m. and get back at like 9.30 to like miss out on majority yeah. of traffic. And that's like yeah. eight miles away. Yeah. When I had an internship in Malibu, I would just hang oh. out in Malibu until like eight or nine and then go home. Yep. Except for the days where I had class in, at UCLA. That was another <sighs> nightmare. Everyone who's not from LA is like, we don't, care <laughs> it's fine let us complain okay yeah. it's like that skit that used to be on snl oh, the, 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 the Miranda Del Rey. <laughs> that's Mata's favorite like he thinks it's like he laughs at that like someone who doesn't live here and talking about that <laughs> i'm like you're laughing too hard like that's us you yeah. know that right you should feel personally attacked. Okay, we're an advice podcast where we give you advice and it's not about taking the far five to the one <laughs> I'm not good at it because like I have no sense of direction. So I couldn't tell you what highways go to one highway. I don't think the things that they were saying even made sense anyway. Oh, so. okay. That makes more sense. Take Kawhi's the off. five to the 101 to the 405 to the 10. <laughs> then you're going to go a little crazy. You're going to take the 210. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, we're an advice podcast. We give wonderful, amazing, life-changing advice. And we are not going to read you to filth. We're not going to be mean to you if you tell us that you're a Pisces or a Cancer. But we give advice that we would give each other. We give the advice we'd like to see in the world. It's tough love. It comes from a good place. Um, but we are not afraid to call you out on your bullshit. So 
that's why you called us. And mm-hmm. if you're angry about that, you're not someone who called. You are just a Rachel. Can I read a, a review? Oh, God. It's a negative review. I just want to. Can someone leave a positive review, I mean, please? Th- this one is old ish it's a little i know old. that people like our podcast i like obviously know it like we get to, we talk to people all the time but the, the people who hate it just love to tell you but this one i i want to say it because i want to address some of the things that they said oh i'm excited so um this said give callers the benefit of the doubt i call in and misspoke a little because i was nervous and only had one take First of all, that's incorrect. You can call in as many times as you want. A lot of people do. Also, we've said numerous times to write things down and practice it. I was immediately called out and I cringed listening to my episode. I couldn't even finish it. Well, it was the last call in the episode, so... I think by listening to the rest of what I said, it was obvious that my intentions were good and I wish I was given the benefit of the doubt as just a person seeking advice. The thing is, when we give advice, we can't really give the benefit of the doubt. We have to go by what you say. And if you say something offensive, which you did, then we have to read it for what it is. We can't just like think your heart's in a good place because then our advice wouldn't be honest. Also, I thought you didn't listen to the whole right. episode. I thought you, I, so this is so odd. Mm-hmm. Also, we give unbiased advice. I don't know. We don't know you. Right. <laughs> I don't know that you're not racist. Exactly. That's the whole, like, we don't know that if you were racist or not. And if you were racist or even not realizing that you were racist, then we should be able to, you know, call you in for that. Thank you so much for letting me know that that was the incorrect terminology. If I was perfect, I wouldn't be calling in to an advice podcast. That is true. (laughs) Right. Not everyone (laughs) has the same vocabulary and choice of words as y'all. But you said that you were nervous, so you misspoke. So, which you is agree? It? You misspoke. Yeah. So yeah. you agree? You think you're really pretty? <laughs> I said the word "normal," and it was taken in the context that not everyone like me isn't normal. That's the definition. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nope. I just meant that I don't have any special circumstances in regards to my call. That That's in itself thing. is offensive. <laughs> That's the same thing. Yes. Same, same, same racist sentiment, different font. Yeah, you're just doubling down on what you said. Uh, Also, I recommend listening to the call twice because sometimes the facts from the original call are messed up when giving advice, making the advice less meaningful. But you only listen to the first thing we said. Mm -hmm. So how do you know what advice we gave? Also, I will add that like there are times that we've and we edit this out, but there are times that we will be like, wait, what did they say? And, And then we will go back and listen to do that kind of stuff if we are unsure about something. But like, we're not going to listen multiple times to try and decipher your tone and your meaning, but like to try and like infer something that's not, that you're not saying, you know? Yep. And I think it'd be helpful to reach out to callers that have been selected for an episode for more context if needed. You have three (sighs) minutes. All the, if you write it down and practice all the context should be there that's not on us that's on you we have to take the call for what it is also there's no amount of context that makes racism not racist right and then on top of that we also do 
updates. So if you had a problem with what we said, you could have said, hey, I want to call in and, you know, do an update and follow up with what I said. And like, who has the time to sit here and call everybody that calls in? Literally, you're calling us. (laughs) I think if I was allowed to provide details that weren't captured in my short call, it would have been received better and the feedback would have been greatly approved. You also had a whole minute and a half left. So you had time Mm -hmm. to give the rest of your advice. My advice to anyone calling in is to include as much information as you can fit without making it obvious you're the caller and reiterate important facts. Again, it's almost as if we say that. (laughs) We say that every single episode. It's also in the show notes to give as much information as possible. You have three minutes, write it down. It's there. And it's also verbally said at the beginning and the end of every episode. And we stress it. And even in calls where we're saying, we wish you gave more context Mm -hmm. here, please do like, that's what we want. But like, we assume that you have done your due diligence when calling into the show. And so when you say something that you, you don't include information or you don't say something or whatever, most of the time when you don't include certain information, like we have to infer that there's a reason why you're not including something that's incredibly obvious. Mm -hmm. Like, and for this, again, there is no amount of context that changes this and like just take the L and just be like, wow. Also, I didn't even explicitly immediately notice that that's what they said until you said it. And it was said like, it, oh yeah. my God, it was offensive great to me. Point. Yeah. And that's something that like checking my own privilege at the door that like that wasn't something that flagged in my ears. And that was something that when I heard her say it, just kind of glazed over. And then as soon as you said it, it was glaringly obvious. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh shit, my bad. But like, you can't get defensive with this. Like you're gonna make, we're all gonna make mistakes. We're all gonna say something that is going to inevitably, like, again, we live in like white supremacy and patriarchy, like world. Like it is ingrained and taught in us, our own internal biases, the language that we use around this. White women, we're gonna fuck up. And like, there's no way that you can improve. Like, it doesn't matter if you accidentally hit someone with your car, you hit someone with your car. Like it impact versus intention. Like it, it doesn't matter. And nobody truly deep down wants to believe that every single person is like an absolute horrible murderer menace, like absolutely like, terrible, like worst person in the world. No one necessarily wants to believe that, but that doesn't mean that those are the only people you should be calling out. Like accidentally saying something that's harmful, you don't get points for being like, no, I'm not spewing hate speech constantly. So like, I should be fine. Like you get to be checked for all spectrum of like Mm -hmm. fuck ups. It's just, you look so goofy. Yeah. Like you look so goofy and like, it's, you're just like, you did nothing for your case except double down that I think you're more racist now Mm -hmm. than I did before. It's like when people like slide into my DMs and like, or just respond to my comments and like use me as Google. And I'm like, I would never have the balls to do that to somebody else. Like I like do not want to inconvenience, inconvenience anyone, but just thinking that's like, even like with like the, but am I wrong? Where it's like, I'm not even going to bother to like ch- word count check this. I'm mm-hmm. like, Oh my God. Like you, what? Like, yes, we're putting out content for you all, but like, we created like boundaries and parameters and guidelines. And if you're just going to ignore them, like you're not, to, to quote my own book, I'm like, you are not special. Like, why do you think that you can just like hop into this like thing that is established that we have worked to create this thing and we have told you what to do just to be like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> and then be upset when we're standing by the thing that you neglected to do. And you're like, I really wish I did that thing. They should tell people to do. We did. Every day. Every fucking episode. Multiple you're times. Me. 
Multiple times. I know I say a lot, but like, come on. All right. Should we get into the update? Wow. If you all want to call in for an upcoming episode, you can leave us a voicemail at 310-694-0976. International listeners, you can send us an audio message at meganpodcast at gmail.com. Please convert it to an MP3 mm-hmm. before you send it to our email address so it is compatible. So you need to keep it under three minutes. You will be cut off. If you are sending a voicemail, you'll be cut off by us, and we are not going to play it. We're not even going to go through the first three minutes. You're just not going to be... It's not going to happen. And if you are calling the phone number, Google will cut you off. So we ask that you, here's again, who's definitely not listening, write down everything you want to say. Provide as much context and details as possible. Give ages, pronouns. Let us know everything that is important and fundamental to the advice that we give because the more information, the better advice we can Mm -hmm. give. And practice it a couple times. And time it out because if you get nervous and you want to read it, that's the thing. Don't do bullet points. Literally write down everything you're going to say and then practice. And we've had lots of people who have done callbacks or have called back like after a couple times and then like, you know what? I, I thought I was better than that and I'm not. And it's so much more helpful. So literally write down word for word what you're going to say and then just read it. Mm-hmm. And you will notice if you pay attention that the best calls on this are clearly being read. Like, and it's obvious. And like, we prefer that. It doesn't make you sound stupid. It doesn't make you sound goofy. It doesn't make you sound bad. Like, that's like actually our preferred way to do this. And if you're sensitive, you need to let us know. But also, if you do something really horrible and you're sensitive, like that's a personal failure on your part. Like, if you are a sensitive Pisces, like maybe you shouldn't have done a hit and run. Like, <laughs> not <laughs> my, like maybe you should have thought that ahead of time. And we have reported you. Yeah, maybe you should have just been born later. Like maybe <laughs> your your mom should have crossed her legs, and you should have just stayed up there instead of trying to burst and free. Oh, Megan. Ugh. I know. Okay. Anything else that we say before? Let's just get into the update. Oh yeah. All right. So my call was basically that I went on a cottage trip with my friend, and we all had to get tested for COVID beforehand. That was kind of the requirements. And she had lied that she got tested. She said in the group chat, I got my negative and we're good to go. So once we got there, or no, I only found out two months later that she had actually lied about getting tested in the first place. So my question to you guys was kind of just, do I confront her? And I wanted to confront her because this had been, it had been bothering me, but we've been friends for like 10 plus years. So I wanted to kind of keep the friendship at the same time. So you guys didn't really know how to navigate that, but you're just kind of saying to tell her, but also just say that you disrespected me, but also say it nicely so that she would, and just see how she takes it basically. So I sent her a text. I said, Hey, like, just want to let you know, like I found out about this information and I felt really disrespected and I just wanted to see what she had to say. So she basically answered and said, actually, it's, I told someone this in confidence. So you're invading my privacy by knowing this information. And she was like, this is a HIPAA violation. (laughs) (laughs) And she told this to her ex-girlfriend who she cheated on. So I'm like, this girl doesn't owe you anything. (laughs) Also like privacy, like she obviously doesn't care. Well, it affects me too, but also like she doesn't need to keep your secrets anymore (laughs) yeah and she said getting tested goes against my beliefs and she just basically was like throwing back at me every time like she you hang out with your friends and you hang out with your boyfriend and you don't make them get tested like I didn't see why it was a point like what the point was and stuff like that so 
she was acting like a child, threw everything back at me. And we haven't talked since. <laughs> and that was in May. So oh, wow. since that text, we haven't spoken. And she gave a mutual friend of mine, like every single photo, like film photo she had of us, gave them to a mutual friend to give back to me. So I guess that was her way of saying like, we're done. Hipster dramatic moves. <laughs> it's amazing how people just, once you confront them about one thing, they show their true mm-hmm. colors completely. And it was just funny because like, I was like, I'm going to be the bigger person. I'm going to try and stay <laughs> friends, even though I'm mad at you. And then she said, oh, no, we're done. So. Wow. I mean, that's how it goes sometimes where like, you know, people disrespect you. People like do shitty things. And you're like, you know what? I'm like a mature adult. Like, and I can take a step back and like see this relationship and like, you know, I, I want to see this through. I can put this work in and then it goes, oh, wow, you disrespected me. And I, for some reason, and I do this too, where it was like, I thought that like, that was an isolated incident. And then it goes, oh no, I guess that's who you were. Mm-hmm. And I've all the, it all comes crumbling down. Yeah. And it's like, oh, for sure. So I should have taken your advice and been a little <laughs> bit meaner, but I'll know for next time. At the same time, though, like as much as like being petty and being an asshole feels great, sometimes it also feels great that like when you are like extending an olive branch or like you are being nice and then they just like absolutely blow it up in their own face and you go, you look even more stupid because like when I come at you with fire and you come back with fire, that's expected. But like when I come at you with like a peace offering and like, oh, like kindness and you come back with fire, like you look so much worse. Like, it looks so disproportionate. Wow. So is she in the part of, like, the trucker's convoy? Like, yay, freedom. Well, that's the thing, because you guys are saying, like, this was back in January, where it was before we were all vaccinated and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you didn't really have those stances. Like, in a group conversation, she wouldn't say anything. And she would just kind of, like, not say her political views at all. But then it was actually from one of your Instagrams where you said figure out who your friends follow. It was, um, what's her name? Like Candace Owens, who follow, yep. check which one of your friends follows her. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I did, and she did. Yep. So I was like, oh my God. And that's literally how I realized. Yeah. There is nothing more illuminating than when you see a Canadian following like alt-right American politicians. She's Canadian, she's a woman, and she's lesbian. And that's why I didn't expect it, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I that's the disappointment there. It came out of nowhere. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's, that's always that, you know, it's, wow. Yeah. So you helped me figure it out, actually. (laughs) God. Well, I'm happy for you, but also, you know, it's a, it's a rough go of it. Well, I mean, I applaud you for, you know, being the higher person. Usually we want people to take our advice, but like being like the, to say higher, better taking the high road and being like the the bigger person. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, words are hard. (laughs) You still got to have that satisfaction of the, oh, this was the right call that she, she essentially did it for you. Exactly. Like I tried my best, but I still, I'm not missing out on much anymore. You're not missing out on anything at all. Especially now. It was a long friendship, but it's like, that was enough for me to be like, oh, I do not want to be associated to you at all. No. And now you got the truckers convoy and now is not the time that you want to be associated with those friends. It's embarrassing. Mm -hmm. It really is. Well, thank you for giving us the update. Of course. And I hope you have many more wonderful cottage trips with people who are vaccinated and who don't follow Candace Owens (laughs) and take better film photos. (laughs) Better ones. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. Stunning. Great. Absolutely stunning. You know, 
radical Canadians. <laughs> Them Canadians. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, I think we idolize Canada a lot when in I reality, don't. like, no, no, but I was going to say, in reality, I don't think that the um, sentiment is incorrect. I do think the logic is incorrect because I think the logic behind it is Canada is marginally better than the United States. So, like, it is achievable. Like, I think if, like, we're, 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 like, being, like, Denmark, we need, we want countries that are, like, even, like, relatively more leaning socialist. Like, we're pretty far from that. Like, I think if we aspire to be, like, a Canada, like, we have problem. Like, mm-hmm. it's not this utopia, but therefore, I think it's more plausible. <laughs> so, sure. that's my logic behind it. <laughs> okay. You know? Yeah. Yep. Canada. Okay. So, oh, um, Canada. Is that the song? Yeah. Okay. I always think of the song from The Princess Diaries. Genovia. Genovia. You know who loves that movie? Mutz. Yeah. He saw it and he was like, this movie's great. And I was like, oh, I know. I've probably seen that movie a million times. That was a, a very popular movie in the Mutz household. It was something that all three of us girls and my mom loved. So we, I, it's, we watched it's it. It's a classic. Mm-hmm. Julie Andrews, like, Ugh. it's just well done. And I, dare I say, I don't even dare I say, I stand by Anne Hathaway's best role. Best role. Except I did love her in the Ocean's 8. That's what I was going to say. That was going to be my next <laughs> one. I was like, I think Ocean's 8 might be number one, but that is definitely number two. Yeah. And three, if Ocean- we count the second. Princess Diaries 2 mm-hmm. with Chris written, Pine. Written by Shonda Rhimes. Yep. Okay, so we are going to uh, get into the calls. Hey, Megan and Melissa. All right, so I'm just going to get straight to the point. I was listening to one of y'all's episodes, and I heard Megan talk about how she doesn't like being around drunk people, and so I thought maybe you guys could really give some insight to the situation that I've been dealing with. So basically, me and my boyfriend are both finishing up our first year of college, and I made a promise to myself right when I was beginning that I would get the full freshman experience, and that does include going out, drinking, and partying. And so far, it has been so much fun for me. Like, I'm really, I don't have any regrets about doing that. But my boyfriend has always had this dislike towards drunk people, always. It roots from his family getting too drunk at restaurants and, like, him having to drive them home and his mother embarrassing herself. There's a lot of history behind it. So I totally understand where he's coming from. But he has always supported me and never said he wants to hold me back. So he lets me go out and do my thing. And then he just chooses to take a different route. But here lately, I noticed that, you know, the next day I'll try to show him, you know, funny videos and I'll try to show him, you know, I'll tell him all the stories about what happened the night before and he will not be interested. Now he hasn't told me, oh, I don't really care about that, but I can just tell from the way that he responds and, you know, the way that he acts that truly the things that I found funny that I wore, he doesn't find funny at all because he doesn't think drunk people are funny. And I get that. But I just need help on how not to be a bad girlfriend in this situation because we definitely hang around two different crowds and that's not a problem for us at all. We've always had separate friend groups and it's worked great for us. But I just need to know if I am being a bad girlfriend by telling him what I did the night before or if that's the right thing to do, if I need to keep on explaining what I did even though he seems to not care and, you know, not really think the stuff that I thought was fun is fun. So he's never been evil about it. I want to make that clear. He's never been cruel. He's never told me that I make bad decisions. You know, he just lets me live my life. But it's just definitely somewhere where we 
tea differently and he doesn't like to be around my friends because they drink and it's just something that I need help on how to be a better girlfriend in this situation and if I should stop telling him or how I could have these separate lives without making him feel uncomfortable. Thank you guys so much. And Megan, if you have some insight on this, please, please let me know because I feel like a jerk sometimes. Thank you guys so much. I'm sorry, but you are being a jerk. (laughs) I want to say, I mean this in the kindest way possible because you sound very nice. But even if you take out the drinking aspect, like, I want to ask you about your day, but like, I don't really want to see videos of your, like, that's that's not really much substance to a relationship. And it also has nothing to do with the both of you. It's like, there's nothing more annoying. Again, even when people are all sober involved, that they're like, oh my God, the funniest thing happened yesterday. And you're like telling us, and you weren't there. Like, it's just not, it's just not interesting. And like, I understand that like drinking and partying can kind of feel like, like you've described it, like your, your first year in your college. And it's like, you're describing this as like two different lives. When drinking becomes kind of a personality trait for a lot of people, when they first start drinking, hello, I was definitely one of them. But like, you're not really being a girlfriend. Like you're not really having any comfort, like if all your conversations and stuff is just like telling about the things that people did yesterday and like the stupid videos of them drunk and all of that, like that's just not uh, a lot of effort put into the relationship. Like it has nothing to do with either of you. And like, there's a difference between like, he knows you went out the night before and it's like, oh, how was it? You're like, oh, it was really fun. And it was like, and if there's something that like is actually interesting that happened, you're like, you're never going to believe it. Brad Pitt walked into the bar. Like, <laughs> tell him that. But like, if it's like, oh my God, like Kelly did a keg stand again. And then she felt like, I mean, even like, you know what I mean? Like stuff where it's like, it's just not that interesting. It's like showing pictures, someone pictures of your vacation that you weren't on. <laughs> this is, this is, I want to explain why I say you're being a jerk because you said that he's been traumatized from. Oh Yeah his childhood of having the like family members drinking too much in public and him having them drive home. And now you're showing him videos of people that are doing the same things that are from his childhood trauma. So imagine something that traumatized you as a child. And then he goes and records it and shows it to you. How awful is that? That's just yeah, not it's being nice. used as like, how funny is yeah. this? But like when you have trauma regarding something, even if it's like you're not showing your friends fighting or like someone having to drive them home, like mm-hmm. the whole everything around that is soured and like becomes triggering and traumatizing. So it's not funny or no. fun for him at all. And like you're doing it for you. Mm hmm not him and right. like, he doesn't have to be there you have other people that you could show yeah that you're like too. look how much fun we were having which most things that are funny to people when they're drunk is not funny when people are sober and then sharing it with someone that wasn't even there is not enjoyable so like just talk about a few like things that happened in the night if he asked you how things were i mean like share how much fun you had but you don't have to go into the specifics and i just think it's jerk behavior to re-traumatize him and think it's funny yeah i think that you might be like thinking that because this is something that he's not involved in that you have to inform him so much about your life so like he's not like worried but he seems from what you've said like he's totally fine with you going out and drinking and it's like okay with that but he's made the active choice to not participate and also not be around that. So you don't need to bring that home. Like if there's any point where he starts to feel uncomfortable with you going out and drinking, that is his responsibility to tell you. That's not your responsibility. You don't need to go above and beyond by like making him feel included in something he is actively 
taken himself out of. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know if part of you makes me maybe feels like you want to make sure that he knows that you're making better decisions or you're making good decisions and all of that. But like, he's with you. He knows that you're going out. Like, you don't need to do any of that. When it's traumatizing, it's traumatizing. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't, you, he doesn't need you to like reassure him through that stuff. And like, again, I can't explain enough that like, even without all of that, it is just so uninteresting and not fun. I think about how much fun I had in college drinking and partying and going out. And I know there's videos. We've destroyed a lot of them. Luckily, <laughs> oh, yeah. there wasn't like YouTube around until like later college. So like, and no, there was no Snapchat. Thank God. Facebook was very simple. You can even put videos up on Facebook at that time. <laughs> um, but we've destroyed a lot of them, but I know if I go back and look at them right now, they're going to be obnoxious and not entertaining at all. Like no one needs to see that. No, no one needs to see that at all. And I think that like, this is actually like, you have a really wonderful opportunity here to prevent drinking and partying excessively from becoming your entire personality, which kind of feels like an inevitable for most college age kids Mm -hmm. who are partying that you are going to be able to develop foster a relationship that is like completely separate from all of that. And like, I think that's great. And also if you find yourself, this is not a read, this is coming from personal experience, but if you find yourself that like all you really want to talk about is the party you went to the night before and all that stuff you want to do the entire night, blah, 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 constantly. uh, That's, that's kind of a red flag that like you start defining yourself by who you are when you are drunk and the, the circumstances you're in when you're drunk, the things that you're doing, the people you're with and all of that. And if even sober, you and all your friends start really like putting that stuff as like the funniest, the best, the, like the, the most wonderful part in all of that, we start romanticizing. Inevitably, we all start to kind of romanticize who we are when we are drunk. And that is like a very, very, very slippery slope to having yeah. an unhealthy relationship with alcohol. Yeah. I mean, I was there. Oh, that was 100% me. 100% me too. Um, but, you know, I grew out of it. But yeah. it's just something to... I think that it's possible for a lot of people to grow out of it. Recognize early on that your relationship with alcohol, your friend's relationship with alcohol, your boyfriend's relationship with alcohol, even if it's not him consuming it, are predisposed by their genetics Mm -hmm. and are by their life circumstance. So how you view it is not going to be how everybody else views it. And you also just need to be really aware, everyone, when you are drinking, yes, pay attention to how other people are handling their alcohol, but really pay attention to you Mm -hmm. and like how you are. Because I think a lot of the time we look at everybody else to like, as our vantage points of like where we, where we fall on that, but we drink too much. Yeah. Like as a society, we drink way, way, way too much. And we romanticize a lot of that stuff and it's not good. And I think you've got a great, like I said, a really great opportunity to have that just be one small aspect of your social life. And it's not just your social life is drinking and then your school life. Like you Mm -hmm. have your sober social life as well. And I think that's, that's great. Yeah. Next call. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I am 24, almost 25. And uh, my pronouns are she, her. I am a single mom. I have a one and a half year old, was never married to the father, broke up shortly after I had him. I have downloaded a dating app and I have the profile like 50% done and I have no idea how to finish it. I have two selfies and I want to add more pictures of myself full body, but all of my pictures that I have right now are of me and my kid because that's mainly what I do with my life. So I was looking for some advice on how to start using a dating app 
I don't know. I've never dated like this. I was in a relationship in my last one for six years, five or six years, and it was crazy and not the healthiest, but I'm getting better and working on myself, but I'm slowly adjusting to the idea of starting to date again, and I have no idea what I'm doing, and I need help, and I'm so nerve-wracking the idea of using a dating app so any tips just general advice for using a dating app and how to go about that and yeah that's it pretty easy question thank you so much bye i mean i think that if you are comfortable i think you should have like a full body picture with your kid you don't have to show your your kid's face like you can Mm -hmm. block out your kid's face or cover the whole their whole body or whatever but i do think that like it should be there because like like you said like that's like your kids your life like Mm -hmm. that is like your vast majority of your life and dating as a single mom like your kid is not your entire identity in your entire life but like your kid is a huge part of your life and like i think that you would be doing yourself a disservice if you didn't share that and not in like the sense that like disclosing that so people know but just like it's a wonderful thing. Like being a parent, it's like a, it's like, it's a very hard thing, but it's also like a really great thing. And like having somebody who loves their kids so much and is like, so like their primary caregiver, like incredibly involved in their life. Like some people might not be their thing, but for other people, like that's a the biggest green flag ever. I'm sure it's like hard, but I think that as long as you, I don't know, I think the, the good thing about dating apps, is you can kind of like get that conversation out of the way in your mm-hmm. bio and in the photo. So you include the photo and you're like, uh, and yes, that is my daughter or like my son, I don't know, my kid. Yeah, I mean, there's a place where it says, do you want kids or have kids or whatever? And you can just mark that you have kids. Yeah. And then I think that like then once you have that kind of out of the way, it can be a conversation piece if someone like brings it up. But like you can kind of focus on just dating, dating and not having it be they, they already know that you're a single mom, mm-hmm. you know, but I mean. My formula, two selfies and a full body with the kid, I think is a great, I think it's perfect. Mm -hmm. I think at this point on most of them, you have to have at least like five-ish. Yeah. Yeah. So I would do, I wouldn't do two selfies back to back. I would do like a selfie. Then I would probably do, probably picture with kids, second photo. And then I would do, you could do another selfie or then a funny one and then round it off with another selfie. Mm -hmm. That's what I would do. If that's probably not five, but like, yeah, you could have another full body without the kid and ask a friend to take the picture or set up your camera and put the timer on or set up the video and then play the video and take pictures of the screen. Yeah. I also think that like dating apps are a great point now that like once you have a couple photos of you, like including something that's like funny, like I love, mm-hmm. I love when people would have like a screenshot of like something like fun, like a like some just something that it's like but it's you've already got enough pictures of them but they're trying to meet the minimum requirement like you know what they look like and you're they're showing your personality more i think that's like the best way to kind of utilize dating apps is because everybody everybody's got faces mm-hmm. <laughs> like everybody like we're, we're all looking at pictures of you of people and what's actually distinguishing the difference between them is their personalities and like who they are that's not necessarily something that everyone has a is a great at conveying through photos, but I think that the way you'll have the most success rate is if you can convey your personality through your profile. So therefore, you're doing a lot more vetting before you mm-hmm. ever meet these people versus like, oh, I'll just see how they're like in person, and then your personalities are completely mismatched. Yeah, 
I agree. I think, you know, just more so you're kind of psyching yourself out of the dating apps. Like you want to date, but you're like, I don't have enough information. I'm only 50%. I'm very of the mindset that you need to put like, be very intentional about what you want to do with dating apps. Cause some people, you might just want to be on there because, and this is just a general thing, just because you want a like boost in your own serotonin and you're just on there because people are swiping and you're like, oh, this person thinks I'm cute. This person thinks I'm cute. And that's fine. You could be on there just because you want to casually date. And if you just want to go on dates and just hang out and have another adult to hang out with, then, you know, great. But be clear about that. If you want to just be on there to hook up with people, be clear about that. If you actually want a relationship, be clear about that. So yeah, I think the picture thing is the least of anything. I think that what you actually, the substance that's in your profile is more important. Yeah. And I think that like, if you can look at it on the way that like, you know, the job resumes that you like cater it to each job that you're looking Mm -hmm. for, like this isn't catered to the people that you were trying to like, that you're not trying to like be someone or have your profile fit the mold of what you think people are going to like. You just be you be all of you be like as candid, be funny, be whatever like you feel comfortable with. And like, that is the most you and the right people will find you. The right people will swipe on you. That that's, I mean, maybe not all of them will be the right one, but like your responsibility is to not make yourself like palatable and like presented perfectly for these other people. It's for them to see you and be like, wow, this is great. This mm-hmm. is awesome. But like, just don't mold it to what you think people want to see. Cause like, that's like anytime I was helping my friends dating apps or whatever, I was like, you are so clearly like, this is not your personality. This is like not you at all. And like, they're going to be you. And like, it's, you're going to have to like keep up a facade for months. Like yeah. this is not, and you're doing yourself a disservice because there is somebody out there who is like, lived like who you really are is like their fucking dream. But mm-hmm. if you don't express that, you're going to match with all of the wrong fucking people. And you're going to be like, what's happening? And I'm like, well, your profile is like, not you. Like, you're so vanilla. One of my friends was looking at my dating profile and she was like, you need to do, she was basically saying, I need to present something that wasn't me at all. And I was like, I'm, first of all, your relationship track record is not good. <laughs> like that's not the advice yeah. I want. <laughs> Second, like I'm not going to put information that's not true just to attract more men cuz then it's going to be someone that's not into me and it's mm-hmm. just fake. I'm not here to be fake. Like I'm looking for a relationship. I'm not here just to cast my net out and just catch whoever falls in. No. Yeah. I remember I had friends who would always put like looking for something casual, even though they weren't. And they would always put like, like drinks. Yes. And then and like, even if they didn't really drink because they were basically trying to like catch the widest net mm-hmm. possible and not have anyone rule them out. And I'm like, you're putting so much more work on yourself. then. Yeah. Like, so you're going to have to weed through and work through all of these mm-hmm. people. But then also like, you're going to then feel like an asshole because you feel like you led them on to someone who's not you. Right. Like, why are you giving yourself more work to do? Like, these this AI is, works pretty well. Mm-hmm. Like, it does a pretty decent job. But I will also say, like, I like when I was on dating apps, I definitely swiped on people who had kids and were holding kids. And sometimes it was like, this is my niece, this is my nephew, like, this is my kid. And always say in the description that that is your kid, if it is your kid, because it's always a little odd when it's not. But when I looked at that, I never like looked down on anybody who had a kid at this age. If I was single, it's something I would definitely like consider more. But like when I was younger, I was like, 
no, not yeah. ready to date someone who has a kid. Like, and that just has to do with responsibility and age. So I also don't, I don't think you, oh, you're 24, almost 25. So, oof. okay. Last piece of advice. Look out. I don't know where you are in location wise, but do look out for, and in a bad way, <laughs> like of those older guys who their kids are in college. They understand the dad thing in that kind of sense. There can be a lot of that, like, silver fox and shining armor for like young moms set your age parameters yeah set your age parameters and like the whole notion of like oh young people like there there is a range and also me as a 18 to like 20 year old who wasn't ready to like be with a guy who had a kid is very different than like a 25 26 27 28 like 30 year olds but anyone over 30 yeah you're 25 anyone who's five, six, seven, I mean, let's say seven, eight, nine years older than you, even six years, they shouldn't, they they shouldn't be interested in, not in you because you have a kid, but in the reason why they're interested is probably a little bit yucky. Mm-hmm. I really hate that like trend of like that silver. You see that, you see, yeah. I mean, to be fair, you also see that a lot on YouTube of like teen moms who end up getting with a lot older men who have kids who are pretty much their age. And it's uncomfy. Yeah. Megan, do you have to make everything about age gaps? (laughs) (sighs) Anyway, should we take a break? (gasps) Yes, let's do it. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Today's episode is brought to you by a sponsor we love, 310 Nutrition. 310 Nutrition is helping us, you, our listeners, 
in the new year with protein and superfood rich products with so many options and flavors for your personal preferences. They're adding new products all of the time. And I just got my, I mean, I didn't just get my package. I just got a, 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 a secondary of my package. And I, as someone who needs electrolytes to function there, it's like elixir from the gods. I cannot sing their praises enough, specifically the cucumber flavor of this electrolyte mix is delicious. Like it's, it's so good. I've even like had it on like ice and been like, I'm drinking like a drink drink. Like you can throw a little straw in there and it's, it's delicious. It's so good. And I just, I love, they're filled with so many great ingredients that really help if you're like me and you like, you know, medically need some electrolytes, but also if you're working out, if you're sweating, hot summer day, you're going to an amusement park, you're on your feet for a long period of time, all of that. Um, most of us are not getting the electrolytes we need. Yeah, I drink mine specifically when I am working out. It's my beverage while I'm working out. I just take one stick of the hydrate, mix it in with my bottle of water. 16 ounces of water can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water if you got that hydrate in there. They also have the all-in-one shakes, which I absolutely love. I'm running low, so I got to get some more. But um, I love the chocolate bliss the vanilla cream the caramel sundae i have all three of those flavors sometimes i mix and match them sometimes i'll use it when i'm baking or i'll just drink it straight and it is they're so good they have a triplex protein blend plant-based proteins that include pea brown rice and pumpkin that makes it so delicious you can get fiber and superfood blends with more than 25 organic fibers and superfoods blended into one easy, delicious shake. And they also have three tins, four shake flavor starter kit, which lets you sample all the flavors for only $9. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with Don't Blame Me and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and super easy to put together an order, or you can start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code Blame Me right now for 50% off up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code blame me. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about book of the month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available and I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like, <laughs> you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is it's kind of like a a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress and as well there are reading challenges and rewards 
And Book of the Month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next, which for me is like the biggest hurdle. I love when other people make choices for me, especially when they're good choices. And I'm like, cool, I can trust you. So each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from. All of the books are so good. You can't go wrong. And I mean that wholeheartedly. When we were picking like our selects for this, I was like, wait, this, I like all of them. This is hard. And I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like, okay, so these are like my top ones. I'm assuming they will be yours. So don't pick the same one as me. So then we can swap afterwards. And that's what we did. So we got The Ministry of Time by Killian Bradley. And we also received The Return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean. The Ministry of Time is like, people are calling it like, if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books, it's quoted from town and country saying it's really innovative fun storytelling the ministry of time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024 and then harper's bazaar also said part time travel romance part spy thriller and 100 percent multifaceted joyride <gasps> when i tell you that i was like sold we're also excited about the return of ellie black and this one is about a missing girl who returns but that isn't the end of the story it's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work, which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm -hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com. And you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. And we are back from our break. And we're going to get into the rest of the calls. Hi, Megan. Melissa, I love the podcast. Um, I called, I'm going in for some advice about a situation I'm in with my boyfriend. So I am a 22-year-old female, she, her, and my boyfriend is 21. He uses he, him pronouns. And then there's another person's story. We'll call her Tiffany. I think she's 21, she, her. So basically, my boyfriend and I have been in a long-distance relationship for the past four years while we've been in college. And we've always had really good communication and trust. Like I've never doubted him or worried that he was going to cheat on me during that time. And part of the reason is that we're both very honest with each other about like if other people hit on us and we're out or anything like that, people, you know, act like they're flirting with us, things like that. So for the past year or so, this girl, Tiffany, she, I've actually met her several times when I've gone to visit my boyfriend. So I've met her several times. She's always been really nice, but then Recently, especially a lot in the past few months, whenever there's some kind of event at my boyfriend's school that she's also at, she talks to him a lot, flirts with him a lot, and he's made it very clear to me that she seems to be interested in him, despite her knowing the fact that he has a girlfriend and despite the fact that she's met me several times. So I was just kind of wondering how I should approach the situation. I'm getting a little angry because I feel like she's blatantly disrespecting our relationship and then in turn him allowing her to disrespect our relationship is him disrespecting our relationship even if he's not reciprocating her feelings or acting on it in any way so i'm just kind of wondering if you had any advice on how should i approach this if it's you know uncalled for me to ask him just to not communicate with her at all or you know talk with her at all at these events but yeah any advice would be really appreciated love the podcast 
and we're Capricorn and Leo combination, just saying that I know you and Moth are also. But okay, thanks for the podcast. Bye. Um, I am a little curious if you're the Leo or he's the Capricorn. I'm a, I don't know. Maybe because you said it, you know that we're that same combo. Maybe you're also Leo, but I don't know. I, I think you know the crux of the issue is like him allowing it because like this girl doesn't owe you anything. I don't think it's like out of pocket to like be like, can you just like not hang out with her and talk to her in that way or, or like ever? But also, I'm just curious kind of why this is raising red flags in you because if he was as uninterested in her as he says, like he wouldn't have any instances in which they like spoke would be like so few and far between it would have been like a one-time kind of thing and i think that like men think like that they've like really gotten our heads about like women are crazy like let's be honest most women if they find out that a guy is like completely not interested they're not going to keep pursuing it but so like usually you're getting a little something to make it think that that door is not completely shut and sometimes guys like well no she knows i have a girlfriend i'm like but how are you acting like are you acting like you're still inviting this? Or are you using that as kind of an ex- like, sorry, I have a girlfriend instead of being like, I'm not interested, you know, like. It, why is she around so much? Why is she around so much, especially if he doesn't like her? Why is he she around when you're not there? Why is she around when you're there? Like, w- in what situations are you together? That I'm just confused. Here's the thing. If she's made it clear that she's interested in him, as you said, has he made it clear that he's not interested in her? Has he said point blank, hey, I have a girlfriend, which you've met several times. I love her. We've been together for four years. I do not want to be with anyone else. Please leave me alone. Has he said that? Yeah. So here's the thing. You've been together. It's a four year long distance relationship. You have all been in college together. There is a reason why you feel differently about this than you have had before. Like there's a difference. And the from what it seems like, from what you said, like the you very open communication. So you tell each other when someone else flirts and all of that. The reason why you feel different is because not because you've met her, but because of how he talks about it. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're reading into it. And like there's also a reason why it's four years in. He's known this girl, she's gone to school, and that she's known you, met you, has been nice to you, and now is suddenly disrespecting your relationship and it's because you're not only is your boyfriend allowing her to he essentially gave an invitation to do so like you don't start off like that like i don't want this to be like mean at all but like he has most likely left a door open Mm -hmm. in like whether it's complaining about you whether it's just kind of like being like oh whatever like and like making shit up like i'm not saying you're doing anything wrong or bad at all but like He has given somebody who has met you, who knows you, who's always been kind to you, has been prior respectful of your relationship because no one is doing this for four years. Like she's not doing this for four. She has not. This has been the last couple of months that she has now. She thinks that she knows something that you don't that like he has let her. He's opened that up and like he's now telling you and he's banking on hiding something kind of in plain sight. And it doesn't mean that he's cheating on you, but it means that like. He is welcoming and inviting in this invitation and he's making you be the one to tell him to not talk to her so he can then vilify you as opposed to him just being like, yeah, I'm not interested. Like, but the fact that this has repeatedly come up and come up and come up, like he wants you to have to tell him that so then he can retaliate. I think 
if he's not interested, then he needs to say that he's not interested because obviously he's doing something to make her think that he's interested. And you said you said that he's disrespecting you by not making that clear. Yes, he is disrespecting you. I mean, she sounds like she's not a good person because she knows you exist and she's still pursuing your boyfriend. She's not a good person, but she's not the one that you're in a relationship with. He is. Yeah, I. she doesn't owe you anything. And like, even though she's been nice to you before, again, vast majority of the time, there are absolutely evil women out there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely evil women. But most of the time in these situations, the other woman has been fed a story in which you have become the villain. Mm-hmm. Men have made this more palatable and they have reshaped it into making it something where they feel like they are not only special, but they are, oh my God, the la- she's so bad. She's so awful that you are actually the villain in that story. And when someone has re- like has feelings for you and is like very clearly, obviously into you and you have a partner, if they're actively pursuing you constantly enough that you feel like they need to tell your girlfriend, like that's uncomfortable. That would make you uncomfortable. And if you're not a horrible person, you wouldn't want someone to feel like to, to continue to put themselves out there and like continue like that's embarrassing for both of you and it's just like uncomfortable you can't it's not fun like when someone you like likes you that you don't like you're just like oh my god this is like oh i feel so bad this is so like oh this is not it's not a sustainable thing no so like he has not made that clear to her i think he's done the exact opposite there's no way that they're going to all these events that they're going to where she would think just from going to these events that he's cute and i want to be with him they're having some types of conversations there. They have to be. It's not just yeah. like she see he just sees her while he's passing by. They're talking in some type of way. Yeah, this is he's not being truthful. He's being disrespectful. And you need to be he needs to be up front. If he wants to be with you, he needs to be up front. And I don't think he's being completely upfront with you or her. This is what I would do. I would, I would, I would talk to him about it. I would ask him to be honest. I would be like, come on. And if he's, I can tell that it's, it's just not adding up because again, like there are only so few instances in this that like men have banked on the fact that like we women turn on each other constantly and so very fucking quickly that like they can paint us to be the villains that they absolve any sort of responsibility. And that's what constantly happens. But like, if you've only ever seen her at events or whatever, is she stalking you? Mm -hmm. Like, but you're not saying like, the, the, you have there are these extremes here, but like women are not crazy unless you're talking about someone who is like actively stalking you. Are you worried for your safety? Like, do you have access to help? Are people been alerted? Like the, it, you can't have this like middle ground kind of thing of like she's obsessed with me without explaining what you're doing. So I would also reach out to her, ask her, send her a message or something and then watch his reaction in the next couple of hours when you realize that she has reached out to him to tell him that you've reached out to her. And you can clearly see that they are, they've spoken, they're, they're in communication. Than they appear. That he's letting on. And also, how, gauging her response to that, 99% of the time, women are going to look out for other women. And what well, I was going to say, if you are dating someone who, if you have like a secret thing with someone, it's either because you are like, you like being the other woman, other people, or you have been manipulated to think that like, it's an it's a, it's a horrible relationship. You're already breaking up like blah, 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 blah. It's bad. But either way, either one of those reactions, you're going to be able to you'll you'll know you'll be able to gauge what that is. And like that the very slim chance that she is actually stalking him and it is like 
really sketchy and like bad, that will be abundantly clear in her response. Like you will be able to tell and get a read from her. But I think your boyfriend is banking on the fact that like he has been faithful and he has been like so overly, overtly honest and telling you things that you would never have known before and letting you know that like informing you so much that it makes you feel like he's not hiding anything when that is, I mean, that's how like, you know, get away with so much shit when you're a kid, right? Like I'm going to tell these, I'm going to tell parents about like all my other friends and doing all of that stuff. So I don't have to talk about me. I'm going to like, there's a way that you do that. And he's banking on that being his like record of credibility. And you are also doing that, but like your trustworthiness and your record of credibility for that's irrelevant. Absolutely irrelevant. You don't get bonus points that you have like not been a shit before if you're being a shit now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no. I don't trust either then. I don't either. And I think it'll be abundantly clear the second that you talk to her about it. Even if she doesn't respond, I think you'll then you'll see how his reaction is. Even if he doesn't say it to you, but you'll be, like just suss it out. Or does he have a really nice friend who you love? Like a friend who maybe is like the guy, the guy, the guy of the friend group who kind of gets picked on the most by all of them and is kind of the butt of the joke. I personally would keep it with keep the communication with the boyfriend yeah but you're less messy than me i know it's a skill and a time other people's messes but not my own yeah but i would i i think if if you force him to tell you the exact truth then it's gonna be the actual truth yeah hopefully yeah because things it just doesn't add up but no nope 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 anyway next call Hi, Megan and Melissa. Um, I'm 29 years old and my pronouns are she, her. I'm calling because I need some advice about my partner. Um, His pronouns are he, him. He's 27 and we've been together three and a half years. Uh, Two years ago, my partner was staying the night at my place and had dropped his phone from the bed. He has his phone set so that the screen doesn't switch off unless you physically push the lock button. So I woke up before him. So I went to make coffee and I saw his phone on the ground. So I went to pick it up and put it on the nightstand and saw that it was open to a paused porn video. When we first got together, my partner said that he used to watch porn, but no longer did since we'd been together. At the time, I was mad because I didn't understand why he needed the porn since we were very sexually active, and he'd explicitly told me he wasn't watching it anymore. He had a lot of opportunities to tell me that he still was, as we're pretty open about our sex life and what we like and what we don't. At the time, we talked it up to a misunderstanding about the porn, and he apologized profusely for lying to me about it and swore up and down that he wasn't going to do it again. So I forgave him, and we moved on. Now, two years later, we live together, and we recently got a dog that tries to eat everything. One morning, I woke up and saw that his phone was laying on the bed next to him, and our dog was trying to grab it. So I grabbed it before our dog could, but saw that the phone screen was again paused on another porn video. At this point, I understand more why he watches the porn, and so the watching of the porn uh, doesn't really bother me anymore. It's more the issue that he lied to me about it, and that it was an issue that he said he wouldn't lie about anymore. So I confronted him once he woke up, and he again apologized profusely for lying to me about it. He said he felt awful and feels horrible about continuing to watch it and asked if I could forgive him again. I told him that I don't understand why he felt the need to lie to me again about the same issue, why he felt he couldn't tell me, and that above all, I feel hurt that he lied to me again about the same issue he promised he wouldn't. I also asked why he's still watching it, and he said he isn't really sure, and he does it when he's bored. 
Um, at this point, I'm just questioning if I can still trust him not to lie to me about this or really anything else. Am I stupid if I just let it go and stay with him? Or am I not valuing myself enough if I just let it go? I don't really want to leave him because he's my person and I love him more than I've ever loved anyone. But I also feel like your person shouldn't keep things from you or do things behind your back and lie about them. Am I overreacting? Any advice you both could give me on how I should handle this situation would be greatly appreciated. I love you both and I love the show. Thanks in advance for any wisdom you can provide. We have strong feelings about porn. Mm-hmm. Very pro porn. <laughs> As two women with a podcast, actually kind of an unpopular <laughs> opinion. Yeah, I think hot take. This is from coming from somebody who does not watch porn. I think you should assume everybody watches porn. Yep. I think you should. I think you should always assume everyone watches porn. And I think that the conversation around porn is a shameful topic, which is why people lie about it. And even the terminology you used, you kept calling it an issue. Mm-hmm. And I'm not one ever to say, like, especially in like a heterosexual relationship, when it's a woman calling about a man that I'm like, well, have you given him? Is there a reason why he might have felt the need he needed to lie and hide it? Like Because she's shamed him. She's shamed him yeah. every time that he's watched it. She shamed him about it. Why do we need to have why do you need to watch porn when we have an active sex life? Like, why? Why are you watching this? Why? Why? Why do you have this? Why are you lying about it? Because you've shamed him. And that's like when we bring shame into porn, we're bringing shame into sex. And like, that's how sex workers get incredibly disrespected. It's because we're treating this thing as like dirty and not okay and something needs to be kept quiet. And it's also how people start exploring dangerous versions of kinks. It's Mm -hmm. like, it's really not good. And porn is only an issue when it starts affecting your own sex life or their mental health. And that's something that they don't want to participate in anymore. That it hasn't been like doctrinated by like wild Christian, like uh, whatever the fucking one you're talking about before you start recording. Yeah, those ones like but like there is and even before he started dating you like he's saying that like, oh, I don't watch porn. But like if you've ever had an open conversation as a a woman with a a man about porn, there's so much shame. Like Mm -hmm. there is so the first time Mots and I ever talked about porn, he was I I was like, oh, I don't care if you watch porn. He was like, really? And I was like, no, I don't I don't care. I mean, like if I'm home and I'm like, you know, not like I would always like to know if you're like in the mood, like let me know ahead of time but like if you're like home alone or you're like i'm working like i've got my period or like i'm whatever like go for you don't have to tell me you don't have to ask my permission but like if i'm home and you're choosing porn over sex like i'd like to have a conversation as to why but also like i also think that like choosing masturbation over sex is like also not something i personally take offense to Mm -hmm. like if it's a a repeated kind of thing but like there are times where i'm like i do not have the energy of sex but i kind of the energy to like solos quick solo session like every form of like sexual expression or like anything involving like arousal that doesn't necessarily have to lead to like an orgasm or whatever like there's such a huge fucking range of that there's like do you want to have sex with a partner do you want to have a mm-hmm. one night stand do you want to have sex with someone you love do you want to like fuck do you want to make love like do you want like there's so many different like versions of that and there's also just like i need a release like mm-hmm. i need, I need to relax like, i need to go to sleep i need yeah. I I need to wake up. Like there's just yeah. there's so many different. I just I just want to feel euphoric for a second. Like there's so many. You don't have to. I just, well, when you make it about <laughs> you and your relationship, you make then watching porn as a personal failure, and mm-hmm. you make. I hate saying that like you push people to lie about things, but you do when you yeah. don't create a safe space for someone to be honest or to express themselves, or you create these 
I'm going to call them unrealistic standards. And when you attach like meaning to someone watching porn as like an issue in your relationship or something with you, that's something that you personally need to work on. And I don't mean to be an asshole. If you have an issue with your partner watching porn and they have no issue with porn, there is no like, and this is a very hot take. People have very strong feelings. If porn makes you insecure, that is, I love you all so much. That is not your partner's problem. Mm -hmm. Like it's not. And like, if they are doing something that repeatedly makes you feel disrespected, makes you feel bad about yourself, you are more with them within your right to ask them to like take a hiatus and break from that. Well, you go to therapy and you work on your stuff. But like the solution to your insecurities is not other people. It's not like right. it's just never going to be. And it doesn't mean that you have to suddenly not become insecure. That's not what I'm saying at all. And I think it's also really important why we should talk about porn with our partners. You should know what kind of porn your partner watches. You should know what they're watching and you should have a partner who feels like sex workers should be compensated, who feels like sex workers are human beings. And if you don't talk about these things with your partner and you make them feel like they have to hide, then they start hiding on the deepest, darkest corners of the internet and they're on some nasty fucking shit and they can't be honest and truthful with you. I know that you said that like, you've grown up and like porn doesn't really matter as much to you anymore or anything like that. But like, have you had that conversation with him? Yeah, that was going to be the next thing. It seems like you just assumed that he knew that you were okay with it and you guys haven't actually talked about it because if you've talked about it and he knows that, you know, you're fine with it, which I don't think you are. I, I think, think you you're are. just saying that you are. Then he wouldn't have to hide it from you unless that's his kink where he likes to be caught on purpose. Yeah. Which I don't think that's what it is. I don't think so either. But I also think that like if there are pitfalls of like our current modern day porn industry and not like the OnlyFans porn, but like the lack of uh, pay, the, the how, mm -hmm. how things are going about and like just, you know, but the the solution to making sure that porn is ethical is not banning porn and it's also not villainizing porn. Mm -hmm. And when you disrespect sex workers and the porn industry as a whole and you make it about that being a dirty, gross thing and that being a bad thing, you are also inadvertently, and this is a bold claim, but you're also inadvertently putting all of you, you're disrespecting women. Like yep. you truly are because w female sex workers get the absolute shit end of it compared to men. Like absolute, absolute. There's a and stigma then not even and a double standard that goes with it. Yeah. And not even like speaking on uh, uh, trans sex workers, like the just the amount that like you are fostering a man to hate the women and the things that he's getting off on. And like there are times where like, yeah, it can affect your life. It can affect your sex life. And like sometimes men can have unrealistic standards based on like the sex, the porn that they're watching. But your sex life is great. All of this is great. So then why does he need this? Like, no, it's clearly not affecting your relationship. Your issue is the lying. But I think you really dislike porn a lot more than you are letting yourself recognize. And I don't think that you if you can take a step back and recognize that, like, you have given him like that he can't lie about this anymore. And he's but like. I don't think your reaction when he's lied has been good. Like, it's hard. And I will say, too, when people have, like, shame about stuff and, like, I don't want to say training people to not lie anymore, but, like, when you tell someone, like, I really don't want you to lie to me, what you have to say is, like, I really want you to come tell me the truth and I'm not going to be mad. And mm -hmm. we can practice it and it can happen. And then you have to fucking pra practice what you preach. And, like, it might take a while. They might continue to lie about some certain things ahead of, like, prior to that before. And, like, it's going to take a while because they need the trust to build back both right. ways. The same way that you need to be able to trust them. They need to be able to trust you that you're not going to like absolutely lose it on them for this thing that is like very normal and very healthy. But again, if we keep shaming all of this shit, we keep putting it to like that dark shit. 
the percentage of the porn industry that is horrendous is only going to get worse. Mm-hmm. It's only get worse. It's only going to get more unregulated. It's only going to get more dangerous. And like, you can be an insecure person. I'm an insecure person. I'm a, I'm a depressed Leo. So I really ebb and flow. But like, porn has absolutely nothing to do with me. Like, that has nothing to do with me. And when you make it have something to do with you, you also make your partner feel like they've failed as a mm-hmm. partner. And that becomes an even deeper pile of shame that once you start feeling like you failed, you're going to start acting in ways you're like, well, I already failed. Well, I already fucking sucked. Right. You're not setting him up for anyone up for success in that sense. And if you want to date someone who doesn't watch porn. It's going to be far and wide to find. Like, that's hard. Well, and I will also say as someone who like, I never really read into like why so much like I wa- didn't watch porn growing up. And like my therapist was the one who was like, no, never like not into that. I was like, no, mm-hmm. it makes me uncomfortable. And our it was our couple therapist and Mox was like, she doesn't even like watching people kiss on TV. And she was like, hmm. And then we had a whole breakdown that like my reasoning for not wanting to watch porn and the vast majority of people, because it's just, again, it's your brain chemistry, natural thing that people in, like get off on watching that kind of thing. In, when intimacy is like not a th- when that's something you're familiar with and like affection as a kid like that becomes like a very foreign and uncomfortable thing and so i'm like the people who are really anti-porn if you talk to people who are not anti-porn who like personally don't watch porn none of us have stories of like yeah no just like, like yeah. it's just it's usually people who like yeah it's there's a reason did you read fan fiction that had sex in it Oh, yeah. So that's the difference. It's the visual aspect mm-hmm. of it. And I also was, if it was characters I knew that I had a much better time with, but even like TV shows, even when cu- the couples kiss on TV shows that I really like, I can't, I have a, I can't watch it. Mm-hmm. I have a, re- I'm so uncomfortable. Like I'm so uncomfortable watching it and I can do, fi- I, but I've always been able to read fanfic though. Yeah. And, and that's still erotica. It's still a yeah. form of porn. Exactly. But like when we start, we stop treating this like people are an anomaly for being like liking porn or whatever. Like it's a biological response that we have. Mm -hmm. And you need to everyone, if you have an issue, unpack what your issue is and then work on that issue. Yeah. (sighs) Wow. We haven't had like a pro porn rant in a while. And I just can't wait to read the comments. Well, we're a little bit safer because we're not on YouTube anymore. Oh, yeah. Do the anti-porners are... They, they attacked us. They came for us they, hard. They they come out with statistics that they make up. Mm-hmm. They come out with, with numbers and stuff. They come out with shit that I'm like, you do realize you are pushing like literally like alt-right propaganda shit. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. They come out with the re- like the Save Our Children shit, like Wayfair. Yep. Like, I'm ready for that. All right. Well, it's time for Don't Blame Them. Woo! So this is where a listener will call in with their own advice pertaining to a call we had on a previous episode. So maybe they have their own personal insight or um, they have their own personal insight. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty much it. I'm Alyssa Megan. I'm calling for a don't blame them in regards to season nine, episode 12, about the call with a queer girl meeting friends on dating apps. I'm a bi girl with a new girlfriend and a few queer friends. I met both my girlfriends and some friends on dating apps. It's a pretty common thing for queer AFAB people to meet friends on dating apps, and people are pretty clear in their profiles on what they are looking for. It feels like a safe, approachable way to meet other queer folks and form good friendships. Of course, for you specifically, only do this if you have a clear conversation with your partner and um, if you still set the boundary after you explain your intentions, then totally respect that. 
Other good online ways to meet queer friends is Discord. I know in my city and a lot of other cities, they have an LGBTQ section, and that is a great way to chat with people online first if you don't feel comfortable doing in-person things like joining like queer kickball leagues and that type of thing. So, yeah, that's it. Thanks for hearing me out. Bye. Someone needs to make a new dating app. We got a lot of messages about this from queer people saying the same thing. So this is very common. They also said y'all straight is showing, which I thought it was funny. Okay, yeah, uh, no, it, yeah. <laughs> blatantly, constantly. Yeah. You should hear us talk about dicks. <laughs> you, that's the biggest time our straight's showing when passing around a photo of somebody in gray sweatpants. <laughs> no, but that this is, I mean, that makes total sense. Like, I, I that, yeah, but like, Damn, someone needs to make an app. I guess I wonder if it, I wonder if the hesitation behind it is that it might feel like it could target hate campaign. Like people. Yeah, but I mean, like Bumble has BFF that people use to make friends. I just feel like this, we could eliminate (laughs) a lot of like this because that, that seems great. Cause I think like instead of going out of your way to try and to meet people and like, let's hope they're not homophobic, like have an app that vets all that ahead of the time. You know what I mean? So you can Mm -hmm. just like common interest. But yeah, so that was Don't Play Me starring two girls, two clearly obvious straights. (laughs) Starring the straights. The straights. (laughs) The straights were straightened again. The straights are not okay. And the straights are not well. Just so you know, just your two straight, your two straights checking in daily for your <laughs> for your straight update. Straight up, not well. Straight up, now tell me if you're really gonna love me forever. Forever. Ow, ow, ow. Well, that's it for our episode. If you want to call in, uh, do it. Give us give us a call at 310-694-0976. International listeners, you can send us an audio message at meganpodcast at gmail.com. Um, all the same things we said at the beginning apply. If you want to watch the video version, we're on Patreon for a dollar a month, or you could sign up for $5 a month where we do live streams twice a month. They're very fun. We have a great time. Great way to socialize, meet people, hang out, and follow our Instagrams, our personal ones, but also the podcast. And if you are listening this far, comment down below. Your favorite fan Your favorite porn. straight. <laughs> <laughs> and why is it Kate Blanchett? <laughs> <laughs> Comment down below. You don't have to comment down below your favorite story. No. <laughs> we get enough attention. It's yeah. I also like so not everyone you think is straight is straight, and then that's it can be, true. It's like when people are like Lady Gaga, what an ally. And I'm like, isn't she bi? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's like, very about open Kate, about it. People say that about <laughs> Katy Perry too, and I'm like, I think all of you have, okay it's not not want to contribute to bi erasure here at all. Oh, comment down below the best thing you've ever seen in someone's dating profile whether it's like a picture a response to a prompt like something funny it can be like horrendous or hilarious did you ever watch the one that i sent you yeah (laughs) yeah the straights aren't okay no they're not (laughs) okay we will see you all next time goodbye goodbye is a production by me executive produced by melissa demonts and diamond imprint productions edited by coco lawrence post-production sound by chris henry production assistance by melanie d watson music by ryan hunter and giacomo picasso 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.